as e-tailers strive to meet increasing demands by city dwellers for rapid delivery of their orders? Are we facing the prospect of urban gridlock? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is a Supply Chain Brain Podcast. All over the country, major cities are experiencing a revival of their residential areas. Young people in particular are seeking the urban lifestyle. But their preference for buying products over the Internet, coupled with expectations of two, one, or even same-day delivery, creates a massive logistical challenge. How can merchandisers navigate through the congestion and keep from adding to it? Today I'm talking about the problem of urban logistics with Andrew Chung, CEO of Innovo Property Group. Innovo is opening a 1 million square foot warehouse for handling last mile logistics right in the middle of the Bronx. Chung will offer some ideas on how to cope with the high cost of delivery in crowded urban areas, including the siting of large warehouses close to city residents and the trade-offs that accompany that move. Because when it comes to delivering in big cities, the last mile is always the toughest one. So here is my conversation with Andrew Chung. Andrew Chung, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Andrew, talk to me a little bit about the challenges that businesses are facing today in providing same-day or immediate delivery in crowded urban areas, areas getting more and more crowded even as we speak. So I think that there are numerous challenges. I would say that one of the primary challenges is what's been happening demographically around the country, which is the urbanization of cities and where demographically population is increasing in the cities, people are moving more and more into the cities, they're staying in the cities, the senior population is moving into the city, etc. I think there's some stat of the exceptionally high percentage of seniors actually living in rental apartments here in New York City, for example. So I think that that causes, obviously, an enormous densification that didn't exist before. There's increased congestion. And New York City is about to implement, I think, the first in its country congestion pricing plan for high-volume traffic areas such as Midtown Manhattan. The Uberization and Lyft has the crowdsourcing of the transportation of people have contributed to that as well as continued urbanization. I would also say that the rise of e-commerce, increased truck traffic, and the shrinking delivery times that are required based upon the market that, frankly, Amazon is leading the way on is causing logistical challenges because the cost of the logistics is just becoming exorbitant as the delivery time shrinks. The point of origin for these goods that have to be delivered are have not changed insofar as of yet, but the delivery time expectation has changed and also the congestion has changed and the rise of e-commerce has also changed, 
which is basically causing enormous logistical challenges in the urban environment. Yeah, and you mentioned, too, you said more seniors are living in apartments in the city. In addition to that, a lot of young people in major cities are deciding to live not only in the city, but in downtown areas in the most congested parts of the city. So, And they're the ones who do the most e-commerce ordering, too, right? Correct, correct, correct. I and mean, we've done an analysis of where the highest e-commerce spends are per neighborhood in New York City, for example. We look at the population in a zip code. We look at the per capita income in a zip code. But an interesting stat is we also look at what's the age ranges in that zip code as well. Williamsburg, for example, is more tilted toward a younger demographic, millennials, and they are extremely high e-commerce spend. In all these cases, you have, as you have always had in cities, but even more now, so many competing interests. You have the local residents, you have cyclists, you have cabs, Ubers, Lyfts, private vehicles. And in the midst of all this, logistics has to somehow fit in. So is that a struggle to kind of assert the primacy or the need for a logistics infrastructure while you have all these other interests that may be working against that? There's one thing that you can't change, and what you can change is the distance from point A to point B. That's just the reality that we live in. Point B, but let's call it being the urban center, and point A is where the logistics centers are currently, that distance does not change. However, where you have the time that you need to deliver keeps on shrinking, then the cost in order to deliver it is increases. And as the congestion increases, then you have an increased delivery time in order to do that. So there's efficient ways to do it. Obviously, having like two delivery times during a day, you can package them. That would lower logistical costs. I think there's a lot of input into logistical costs that can decrease the logistical costs, let's call it per package is how we think about it. But one of the ways that you can solve the problem is you bring the fulfillment center or the product closer to the consumer as well as to the store in order to solve for a lot of the logistical problems that come with what I would say an omni-channel retail experience, which is where a lot of retail is. That's the holy grail that retailers would like to Perfect. Of course, you do that, and then you create another problem in the form of trying to put a large logistics center smack dab in the middle of this urban congestion. So how do you manage that? How do you find the space within a city to put this necessary facility in that could be up to a million square feet or more? That is the challenge from the real estate perspective, because if you really think about it, manufacturing has left the cities, as manufacturing is actually leaving the country and we know that, but manufacturing have left the cities earlier than manufacturing has actually left the country. So what's happened is, from a zoning perspective, a lot of the old manufacturing districts have actually been rezoned to residential and commercial. And that has decreased the amount of land where you actually can build a distribution warehouse facility. And on top of that, that distribution warehouse facility, as I said, needs to be closer to the consumer and closer to the store. So that needs to be in an ideal location, preferably closer to Manhattan, as well as the supply of large sites. So interestingly enough, these warehouses, where in an urban environment, normally you would like to have a lot of square footage vertically so that because you could have a small footprint because land is pretty scarce in an urban environment. But that is, unfortunately, not what an urban warehouse would 
have to do because an urban warehouse requires a lot of land because not only do you need the warehouse footprint, but you would need to have parking, you need to have circulation. So all of that takes a lot of land. And that's the supply challenge that we're facing for urban warehouses. That's also why you're seeing multi-story warehouses come into existence is because of the fact that there's such a rare supply of land and because you need to set aside so much space for parking and circulation, et cetera, that you do need to build up to two stories. Now, on one hand, you would think that local neighborhoods would welcome the entry of such a facility because it would provide a steady source of jobs for that neighborhood. On the other, as we've seen in the case of the uh, Amazon problem, that, of course, was a lot of uh, office space as well, that neighborhoods can really oppose this type of operation. So do you find that the areas that the neighborhoods are welcome that they welcome this type of thing or that it's a struggle to find a place where you're welcome? Or how do you address that whole issue? So I think that Amazon is actually irrelevant to the whole urban warehouse. I think that just because Amazon's an e-commerce giant that people link it together. But I think Amazon HQ2 is the reasons behind the resistance behind that is way different than what an urban warehouse is. So I would say that generally the neighborhoods and municipalities have been very open to increased urban warehouses because of the increased jobs and they are well-paying jobs that can be serviced by the local community, whether it's warehouse jobs or construction jobs in terms of building the urban warehouse where there's been no new construction in these areas for decades, or there's logistical jobs because you need to improve the current urban logistical infrastructure and building an urban warehouse where you store goods that need to be delivered need to be delivered by people. So there's a pretty good multiplier effect that happens on an urban warehouse. I would say that the one complaint that you would get from the development of an urban warehouse in a neighborhood is truck traffic and potentially environmental concerns due to smoke, exhaust, but I think that's temporary. One is irrelevant. The truck traffic is actually irrelevant because all the major big trucks are going to be coming in at night anyway. So it's going to come in at a time when there's not a lot of congestion. It's not going to add to the congestion. So that's kind of an irrelevant factor. From the smoke, that's going to be almost irrelevant too because once we go to electric, for example, our facility in the Bronx, our million square footer, is going to have electric charging stations. So as trucks go electric, we're going to have less of that environmental impact that local neighborhoods uh, don't like from a warehouse being in their neighborhood. Now, the fact you're in an urban center by definition means, or at least theoretically means, that you would have access to a pretty good labor pool for that facility. On the other hand, we are experiencing very low unemployment right now. Bottom line, what is the situation with being able to find sufficient labor to staff these facilities in the middle of an urban center? So bottom line is low unemployment rate, but these are jobs that can be serviced by people that are currently unemployed, actually. And the beauty about this is the biggest constraint in developing new warehouses and traditional warehouse locations in suburban and rural is labor. Labor is a big constraint because there's so many warehouses in the traditional warehouse locations already that they've soaked up all the labor. Whereas in an urban warehouse, No one's have soaked up any of the warehouse employees, potential warehouse employees in an urban setting because they haven't been developed yet. So you actually have more labor options for urban warehouse than you do for your traditional. 
What about the level of automation in an urban logistics facility? Maybe you don't have quite the incentive to automate if you do have access to the proper labor pool. On the other hand, a lot of facilities are automating just in order to keep their costs down. What is the level of automation and technology, and how does it serve as a possible solution to these questions that we're talking about in citing an efficient center in the middle of an urban center? I think that automation applies to both the suburban and rural center as well as for the urban center. We all know automation is coming. There's going to be some blend of automation as well as human warehouse workers that are going to be needed. My sense is for an urban center, there's going to have to be more human element to it because it's less about automated processing. There's just more hand-holding that needs to be made because of faster delivery times, etc. I think that there's still going to be a need for the human element in urban warehouses. Okay, so what about the so-called last mile, that is getting stuff out of the logistics center to the doorstep or the store or wherever it is you're needing to deliver the stuff? What are some of the solutions there? I mean, we're hearing, I don't know how to what extent drones can serve as a solution in a heavily congested urban environment, robotic delivery, small vehicles, Uberization of delivery, standard delivery vehicles, or the whole mix. I mean, how are you addressing or how is everyone addressing the issue of last mile? So that is a infrastructure issue. It goes to the point of our supply chain and logistical infrastructure has really not been developed or it is not made to accommodate for the shrinking delivery time frame and the volume of e-commerce. So if you really think about it, that's happened over the last, let's say, even two to three years. Whereas the average delivery time 10 years ago may have been seven days or even 10 days, and now it's close to two to three days, and it's shrinking even now to same day to the next day. Infrastructure lags innovation, and innovation is driving that shrinking delivery time. The infrastructure does not currently exist to accommodate that new dynamic. People are innovating around it. There are logistical companies that are crowdsourcing delivery and using technology for route optimization and capacity maximization. And that's really how you bring the logistical cost down in an urban environment. In fact, as that technology improves and as the logistical processes improve, that logistical cost in an urban environment can be actually brought down substantially right now. That's what we believe because as those processes get more efficient, For example, where you can start packaging buildings together on a route at a certain time, et cetera, so that you know that you can deliver X packages to X zip code or X building, et cetera, and maybe there's multi-package discounts to a certain building. So we believe there's a lot of cost compression that can come down on the logistical side through this advent of technology, which was really created, by the way, by Uber where they crowdsource drivers to deliver people. So that's translating into crowdsourcing drivers to deliver goods. And the more you're in that dense urban environment and within that ecosystem where you can maximize your capacity, where your truck is almost constantly full, can never be always full because you're always dropping off and picking up, et cetera. But to be almost constantly full, the more you can amortize your cost of the driver, the truck, the gas, et cetera. On top of that, if you really think about electric, I mentioned about electric in terms of the environmental impact in local neighborhoods, but electric has a big impact because a lot of the cost is going to be in the gas. 
And once you go electric, and electric is going to be more beneficial in an urban environment because you can go to one point, come back, charge up, go to another point. If your warehouse is too far, then the electric capacity just won't allow the car to come back and fulfill that trip without having to recharge. What about congestion pricing? Are commercial vehicles and delivery vehicles subject to that, or will, would they be subject to that charge when it's imposed? It's unknown. I would presume yes, but the details you know, still need to come out. I think that congestion pricing will have an impact on how to figure out the cheapest way to deliver packages. But the good thing is, I think, that it will cause less congestion. It may have a positive impact in terms of delivery window because you'll have less congestion, which will decrease the amount of time to get to each location and drop it off and then come back and pick it up again. It's interesting to see how that will all play out. Of course, the extent to which the deliverers can, as you say, consolidate and schedule shipments in bulk they also contribute to lessening or increasing congestion as well. It becomes, That's right. a, I mean, they're part of the That's problem right. and part of the solution, depending on how they d- decide to proceed. That's right. I think that the option value increases in terms of all that scheduling and bulking of packages, et cetera, when you have an urban warehouse because the product is so much closer to the consumer. As the distance increases from the consumer to where the product is, your optionality decreases in terms of all that scheduling and bulk packaging. So what has been the biggest challenge that you have faced in locating a one million square foot warehouse right in the middle of the Bronx, and how did you address it and solve it? I would say that the biggest challenge that we have, it wasn't locating it. We knew it existed. We knew who the seller was. We had a good relationship with the seller. I think that the biggest challenge with respect to the urban warehouse is The fact that it's so new. Innovation, again, is driving the delivery times down, but there is a, let's call it supply chain of the past and the supply chain of today and then the supply chain of the future. We believe the urban warehouse is the supply chain of the future, so there's an educational process in terms of what the benefits of the urban warehouse is. Obviously, urban warehouses are going to cost more to build and then obviously have a higher rent than the suburban and rural warehouse. That education process of the increased rent is a small fraction of the cost savings that you would have, as well as the increased service level offerings that you can provide your customer is the challenge that we're undergoing right now. And you seem fairly confident that we are not going to face a dystopic future of complete urban gridlock in the midst of all this. I mean, there are solutions out there in order to address that. Yes. I think that having an urban warehouse actually probably alleviate some of that congestion because the more trips you can make is the less cars that you would or trucks or vans that you would actually have in the city at one point in time on top of that you would see less larger trucks to the extent that you can then put goods into an urban warehouse you would see less larger trucks fulfilling the area where it's congested and doing the unloading because you would unload in an urban warehouse, which would be out of the highly congested place, and then deliver with smaller trucks. Andrew Chung of Innovo Property Group, I want to thank you so much for helping us to understand the challenge of the future of e-commerce and urban logistics, how we might avoid urban gridlock, even as these trends are threatening to make it worse. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. That was my conversation with Andrew Chung of Innovo Property Group. 
talking about the challenge of urban congestion and last mile logistics. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.